being an awesome God and a good Father. I thank you for the blessings and the abundance that you pour out on your children. I thank you that your word says where two or more of us are gathered in your name that you're here with us. And I thank you that you are and that we can come before you and take time to worship you today. We just want to lift you up and just let the cares of the week and the world just fall away and take this time to be with you. I ask you to bless each person who comes in today, Father. We always need to hear from you. I just ask you to bless the word today and bless the music. In the name of Jesus, amen. Darkness closes in low, till I will say, Blessed be the name of the 
your forgiveness.
is a place A place that saves Hallelujah Here in your presence There is a place Fears fade away 
out of Ephesians chapter 2. <clears throat> and you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins where in time past walk according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and we're by nature children of wrath even as others but God who is rich in mercy 
for his great love where he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses and sin has quickened us together with Christ by grace you have been saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus I cannot even begin to imagine the amount of grace God has towards us the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus the depths of his great love for us it says in Corinthians that now we know in part one day we will know in whole I don't know now I can't imagine that but all I know is that I am so grateful that God did not leave us dead in trespasses and sins that he made a way that it is by grace through faith that we have been saved and raised up with Christ to walk in newness of life there is only one way it is only the, through the cross that we can stand it is only through the cross that we have access to his grace and it is only through the cross that we have eternal hope thank you lord god oh, Jesus. oh lord we lift you up this morning god lift up your name lord great is your name lord god worthy to be praised blessed is your name the lord of lord the king of kings we worship you and praise you this morning lord god receive our worship in jesus name
my God, my song, my Savior, and my grace. I can do all things when you strengthen me. You are the reason, Lord, I can stand when I know strength. You are the one who sets me free. some emotional healing this morning and I know I'm not the only one here who does can we do that song again if you need healing come up here right now because it's here yes. it's here it's available we just got to receive it because I did not walk in the door receptive this morning I did not I told Dan it's a hide in the corner kind of day we ain't hiding in the corner we're out here we're going to receive it if you need healing it's the time, it's the place. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I'm in your presence, Lord, surrounded by your grace. Fall before your mercy and your grace. I stand before you, Lord, worshiping your presence. I lift my hands to you and seek your face. I can do all things when you strengthen me. You are the reason, Lord, I can stand when I've no strength. You are the one who sets me free.
fit.
she never fails me And all my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up the goodness of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days have been held in your hands. From the moment that Running after me, running after me. Yes. All my life you have been 
don't be afraid. Though your heart and flesh may fail you, I am your faith and strength, and I am with you wherever you go.
come to you because we know it's only in you Lord that we can be satisfied there is no other source there is no other power there is no other person except you Lord Jesus that can satisfy our hearts we've tried all the other it didn't work we always come back to you Lord and the times we've we get into our flesh and we try to do things and we try to find peace or happiness or satisfaction somewhere else and we always we come back to you when we've fallen on our face and realize that we can't do it without you we come back to you because it's only you that can satisfy yes. we wait on you Lord yes, we wait on you we're not waiting on a government we're not waiting on a politician we're not waiting on a preacher we're waiting on you, Lord. Because only you, only you can heal our broken heart. Only you can change us. Only you can mold us and make us into your image. Only you, Lord, can take away our guilt and our shame. Only you can redeem and restore all that we've messed up in our lives. I thank you, Lord, that you are a God of redemption. You are a God of the second chance third chance the chances just keep pouring out with you Lord because you are a God of mercy and grace and you love us so much I thank you Lord that you don't give up on us and you don't kick us down the road and say that's it I'm done with you but you keep calling us you keep saying come thank you Jesus all you who are weary and heavy laden and broken and troubled come to me You'll find rest for your souls. You'll find the healing that you need. You'll find the love that you've been trying to find in the world. You'll find the satisfaction in in me because I am your God and you are my people. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord wants you to hear that clearly today. He wants to speak that over each one of you so that you know, that you know he is calling you. Each person here, he is calling you by name. He is saying, today, today is the day. 
Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of healing. Today is the day of deliverance. Today is the day of victory. Today is the day that you will experience my mercy and grace like never before. Today is the day that you're going to be changed in my presence. Only don't harden your heart to him today. Don't harden your heart to him today. When he's calling, when he's speaking today, respond to him. We're waiting on you, Lord Jesus. We're waiting on you, Lord Jesus, today. We're waiting on you to speak life, to speak freedom, to speak peace, hope, and joy, and love into our hearts so that we will know that you have a plan for us. You have a plan for me. It's a good plan. It's a plan of, of hope, knowing that you have the future in your hands and you're controlling it. Lord, it's a, it's a good plan. Lord, you have a plan for me today. You have a plan for me tomorrow. You have a plan for me next week. You have a plan for every day of the rest of my life. You know everything that's going to happen. Your love is over me, Lord. And you are watching out for me to work your good word and your good will in my life, Lord. You are trying to perform your word and your will in my life every day. Thank you, Jesus. My responsibility is just to say yes. Lord, I say yes. I submit to you. I want you to have your way, Lord. I submit to you. I arrange my life under your headship, under your authority, under your lordship. And I say, here it is. Just mold it and make it what you want it to be, Lord. I am yours. I give myself to you today. I invite you to come. Take control of every part of my life, Lord. Every, every aspect of my heart, every aspect of my dreams, my visions, my desires, my appetites, Lord, that you would take control of all of them. I submit to you. We wait on you, Lord wait on you to hear your voice I know you're speaking today your presence is here we are being changed in your presence Lord just breathe in the life breathe in the life of the spirit now he has poured it out his spirit is here he has come to give us life more abundantly it's all about walking in the fullness of His presence, His Spirit. Receive it now. soothing things in the world to me being in God's presence holding a baby in my arms 
those things are not unconnected because when we're in God's presence, that's what He is doing with us. He is holding us in His arms. He's singing His songs of love over us. He's whispering all of the good things that He's planned for us, and He's telling us how much He loves us and how much He cares for us. Thank you, Lord, for the insight and revelation to who you are, that your great love over us that never fails, it never ceases, it never runs out, it never ends. It doesn't come up short. It's incomprehensible, and yet you've invited us to know the depth and length and width and height of your love, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you have invited us to know you as you are. Lord, as we're in your presence, we can see you. We see you as the living God, not, not just some person that we've heard about. As Job said, I, I heard about you in my ear, but now I've seen you with my own eyes. I've known you. I know you now and I see everything differently because it's not just a theory anymore. It's a relationship with you, the living God. Thank you, Lord, that you're speaking life and peace over this body. Lord, for those in our body who are struggling with physical sickness, I pray healing that you'd restore them and raise them up. Those who have pain, speak to that pain and say, go now in Jesus' name. Those who are bound with habits and addictive behaviors, I speak freedom and healing from that so that you don't walk in bondage anymore. Those people in Afghanistan, our people, other people, Afghans, the people who are being abused and tortured and killed, and Lord, I pray that you extend your great mercy and grace to your people. Lord, would see your mercy and grace and they could stand having done all they continue to stand, Lord, that you would pour out your mercy and grace. Save people. Deliver them, Lord. Deliver them out of the, out of the hands of those who would abuse them and torture and torment them and kill them. Lord, for those in our country that are having difficulties from the, the hurricanes and the problems that, uh, associated with that, Lord, I pray favor and blessing and provision for them and those in Haiti and other places around the world where earthquakes and problems have happened, natural disasters and traumatic events are that are changing people's lives forever. I pray your favor and blessing and mercy on them, Lord, that you'd cause your people, those who are called by your name, not only to to turn and to follow you more closely like you, you told us, but also, Lord, that we would humble ourselves and we would give of our, our finances, give of our time and energy, give of our, our intercessory prayer for those who are in need and desperate all around the world, Lord. Stir us and challenge us, Lord. Heal this nation. Yes. Turn our leaders' hearts, yes. reveal the truth, and restore us back to the nation that we once were when we were founded, that we started out on the principles of your kingdom and of your word. Lord, we've turned away from the living God. 
And I ask that you forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, and turn our hearts back to you. Let it begin with me. Let it begin with your people. Let it begin with the house of God that we would rise up and be the body of Christ, that we would be the light in this dark world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for speaking life and peace over this body today. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You can be seated. We had a series going, Keys, Mysteries, and Revelation. We've been through three parts on the keys. Now we're starting on mysteries. It's been very... Uh, very good for me. I've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot of stuff as I've been studying and preparing so I can share things with you guys. And I believe the Lord is going to encourage your heart today with what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about mysteries today. <clears throat> and I want to read this passage of Scripture to you out of Matthew 13. And it's kind of long, but I want you to get the whole context because it it really sets the tone for everything that we're going to talk about in relation to mysteries. We've been talking about keys to the kingdom. And uh, Jesus was talking to Peter and he said, you know, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Uh, and he was, I believe, and we went through in great detail, but I believe he was talking to the church, not just Peter. But, uh, but nonetheless, um, he said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. That represents the ability to open and shut and lock and unlock and operate in the kingdom. He's given us power and authority to do things in the kingdom. And it's the same way with mysteries. There are mysteries. There are things that you don't understand, but God wants to reveal them to you. He wants to do that. It's his good pleasure to do that. So we're going to read this passage of Scripture, Matthew 13, 1 through 30. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and he sat, and the whole multitude stood there on the shore. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns. The thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came to him and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, 
Their eyes have, they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches what was sown away from his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Excuse me, because I didn't copy all that verse in here. You know, sometimes... Uh, I think I got it all figured out about that time. I realized that I'm not quite there yet. Another parable. Oh, this, excuse me. That is all of it. Well, I had it more than I thought. See, I thought I was right and I was wrong and then I was right again. Oh, well. So, but the point of this whole passage of scripture is that Jesus is telling his followers, all those who were following him, that it has been given to you to, to know and understand the mysteries of the kingdom. To all those who are not seeking me, those who are not following me, those who are just doing their own thing, I speak to them in parables. I, I tell stories, but they don't really get it. They don't understand it. But to you, it's been given to know, to know the mysteries of the kingdom. And he, he explained this parable to them so they would understand. And, and if you think about the parable, it, it is a clear description of what we're talking about. Because there were people that heard the word and they didn't really understand it properly or let the enemy come along and steal it from them. There were some that heard it and responded, but they didn't get any root. They didn't get deeper into the word and understand what it really meant. There were some that... Uh, you know, they, they went along pretty good, but then they got busy and distracted by the cares of life. When it's all said and done today, what, what, we're, what we're really saying is that it's been given to you, if you're a believer, to know the mysteries of the kingdom. But your part in knowing the mysteries of the kingdom is to seek after the king of the kingdom. If you seek after the king then the mysteries of the kingdom will be revealed to you. If you're not seeking after the king, you're going to be stony ground or you're going to be full of weeds or you're going to have the birds of the air coming and snatching it away. Your part is to seek the king. And when we seek the king, he wants to reveal the mysteries of his kingdom to us. This is not 
The kingdom of God is not like some autocracy or some uh, dictatorship or some communist nation where everything is done in secret and you just get what you get and you don't complain because if you complain, off with your head. You know, I mean, the kingdom of God is not like that. He wants to give it to us. He wants to freely show us and reveal the mysteries of his kingdom so that we understand how everything works. I like to know how things work. Every now and then I watch that show on TV that's, you know, how things work or how things are made or something. And it's interesting, you know, you're watching them at a factory, they're putting things together and they're stamping parts and, you know, craftsmen and machines. And it's nice to know how things work. I got to say, it's really frustrating when you don't know how things work. You know, when you turn the key, and, you know, I don't know how all that stuff works, so I have to call somebody that does. Fortunately for me, I have a couple of friends that are pretty good mechanics, and I can always take it down and, and just take it to a shop, and those people are experts. They know exactly how it works. I don't need to know everything about how everything works, but in the spiritual realm, I need to know enough to find out how I can ask and receive and how I can walk with the Lord, how I can do the things that he's called me to do. And the principle is really simple. Everything we do in the spiritual life is by grace, and that's accessed by faith. And there's a lot of technical stuff you can go into, but when you get right down to it, that's, that's, the, whole, that's the whole story right there. It's all about grace through faith. And we, as we seek the Lord, and as we submit ourselves to Him, then He pours out His grace on us, and His grace enables us to do all the things that we need to do, all the things we've been called to do, all the things that you've been gifted and skilled at, you know, by the Lord to do, the ministries, all of that is through His grace by your faith in Him. Okay, we can go. No, well, no, I got some more stuff to say. <clears throat> Probably I don't want to offer that. You might take me up on it. Okay, so what are mysteries? The Greek word is mysterion, and it means it's a divine secret. It's a secret whose concerned party is a deity alone and those to whom he chooses to share the information especially concerning the method and history of God's redemption or other supernatural information. That's a long definition. It's a hidden or secret thing that's not obvious to the understanding. Well, the biblical meaning is quite different from the English sense of the word, which really, in the English sense, it's just, it's an unsolved mystery. You know, I had a candy bar on the countertop, and I came back later, and it was gone. It's a mystery. What happened to the candy bar? Somebody ate my candy bar, but I don't know who it is. If I go around and I grill them all, I might find out. But, but, you know, a mystery in the kingdom of God is it is totally different in that it was hidden from the ages past, but now it has been revealed. It is no longer supposed to be hidden from you. It's not supposed to continue to be a total mystery. Now, there are aspects of it that will always be mysterious because God is so awesome. He is so far above all that we know and can comprehend. His ways are so far above our ways. His thoughts above our thoughts. You know, you get it. We will never understand it all, so there's always going to be a certain element of it that is a mystery. 
I've been walking with the Lord for many, many years now. And yet, I still am mystified as to why he would choose me. Why would the king of the universe choose me? Why would he say, I want to live in your heart. I want to know you. I want to, to be part of your life. Why would he choose me? Because when I looked at myself, all I saw was flaws and failures and worthlessness. Maybe I had a bad self-image, but that's what I saw about myself. And what I see now, I still have all that, and yet I see how God has redeemed me, how God has restored me, how God has changed me, how God has given me enough of the revelation of the mystery that I can see that it's his great love. And it's this relationship with him that it's all about. And he wants that for us no matter how bad we are, no matter how flawed we are, no matter how broken we are, no matter how many times we fall on our face, he still desires that relationship with us. Now, I'm not saying that there's not consequences for sin or for rebellion. If you openly rebel against God, there are consequences. If you rebel against God your entire life, there are eternal consequences. Don't misunderstand me. I just like to always emphasize God's goodness and His grace and His mercy because He is pouring out His mercy and grace for us all the time. And when we, when we mess up, He doesn't say, well, that's it. He keeps trying to restore us because God is a God of redemption. Now, I believe you can, you can press it to the very last breath you take and you'll go to hell if you don't know Jesus. But, I mean, you have to work at that. You have to resist him. You have to try to not let him in your life because he is trying really hard to be in your life. He is always calling you. He is always orchestrating events in your life that cause you to see that the hand of God is actively involved in your life. Unbelievers don't recognize that. But when they become believers, they look back and like, wow, that time that I almost died. You know, I can see it now that God spared me. God was protecting me. God kept me from that so that I could come to know him and I could be eternally with him. God's hand is always active in our lives. We don't see it a lot of times. Even as a believer, we don't see it. You know, the fact that I didn't go to the hospital this week, I don't even think about the hospital, but I look at that as God blessed me this week because he kept me healthy and whole. I didn't have to go to the hospital. The fact that I didn't have a car wreck this week, you know, I don't, I don't view that as just great luck. I mean, God watches out for us. And when something bad happens, we don't need to panic and say, oh, God's out to get me now, or God's not protecting me. No. You know, we live in a broken, fallen world, and bad things happen here. Because every person still has their own issues, and no one is perfect, and when you got all of us imperfect people talking to each other, interacting with each other, driving automobiles around each other, all the things we do, duh, there's going to be some bad things happen because we're all not perfect. So I'm trying to give you some balance there. You got balance now? Good. All right. So the root word of mystery means to shut up, not, uh, not like you know, shut up, but I mean it means to close or to shut up the mouth or the eyes specifically. And so if you think of it, a mystery of, of the kingdom has been shut up from your eyes 
from all ages past, but now in Christ it has been revealed. And by the way, when it's all, when it's all said and done, the real, just like the key, just like the key is the mystery is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And you can, you can talk about all kinds of technical things and all kinds of side points, but when you get right down to the, to the final truth, it's all about Jesus. Matter of fact, it's always been about Jesus. And it's always been about us. Because from the very beginning, God said, I, I want to have a relationship with you. He created Adam and Eve so he could have a relationship with them. When they failed, he sought them out so that he could restore them, so he could continue to have a relationship with us. And all throughout history, that's the revelation that we get from the Word of God, is that God has consistently sought man and revealed himself to man, to individuals and to nations. God has used every possible means to reveal himself to mankind because he loves us and he wants to have a relationship with us. And some people, because they are deceived, they walk around just you know, thumbing their nose at God and saying, I don't want any part of it. Stay out of my life. I don't believe in you. I don't want you. But those of us who say yes, we realize that God has a great, wonderful plan for our lives and he wants to bless us and be part of our life all the time. Nobody will care about you like God does. You think your husband or wife or mom or dad care about you, and they do, but nobody will care about you like God does. Nobody knows you like God does. Nobody knows your, your weaknesses or your strengths. Nobody knows the deepest things in your heart, the things that you won't even say to a husband or wife or a mom or dad or a child or a friend. There are things that we, we won't even vocalize. And yet God knows all those things. And just like we sang earlier, He knows all of my flaws and my weaknesses and He still wants to call me His friend. That's... That's pretty good stuff. You think about the fact that God looks beyond all, all of who we are and all of what we've done, and he just wants to be part of our lives. And he wants that so much that he gave everything so that we could have it. He gave everything. Jesus said, for a... You know, for a good friend, some people will, will do something, but nobody wants to lay down their life for a friend. That's what he did. We don't get an offer like that from, from the world. You know what the world offers you? We'll accept you if you lay your life down for us. That's what the world offers. That's what the devil offers. He said, if you give yourself to me, I'll, I'll do all these things, give you a great, happy, fun times, but you're going to be in bondage to me forever. And we don't really tell you that, because if he tells you that, you wouldn't do it. But what he, what he tells you is, you join this gang, and we're like family. You know, man, we got, we got your back. And, you, you know, you, you give your heart and soul to this corporation, and you, and you work for us, and just give all of your time to us. You know, we're going to reward you financially, and your life is going to be blessed, and you're going to be so successful and fulfilled. <coughs> And then, you know, later in life, you look back on it and say, man, all these years, and I'm still just a miserable wretch. I don't feel satisfied or fulfilled. It's because those things cannot fulfill you or satisfy you. 
You cannot be fulfilled or satisfied other than in a relationship with Jesus. Okay, so the Old and New Testament usage of the word mystery, it's interesting, it doesn't all just translate as mystery. But there's a Hebrew word, Pele, and it means wonder or hard to understand. In Isaiah 25, 1, it says, O Lord, you are my God, I will exalt you. I will praise your name for you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. Exodus 3.20, God says, I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst. And after that, it will let you go. And then Isaiah 9.6. This is kind of interesting. Didn't know this, but for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That word wonderful is what we would translate as mystery. Just like I told you, Jesus is the mystery of the kingdom. And once he has been revealed to us, everything else becomes so much more clear and so much more plain to us because it all begins and ends with him. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. There's another word that's used in the Old Testament called moped, and it's, um, it means a sign or a wonder. And it's um, a good example of it is Deuteronomy 7:19, the great trials which your eyes saw, the signs and the wonders, the mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. So shall the Lord your God do to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. And then Exodus 7, 3, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. God used signs and wonders, and when it's translated as signs and wonders, the idea is that because they're signs and wonders that we can't comprehend with our natural understanding, we acknowledge it must be God. That's what the, that's what the anxious did. They believed when they saw something they couldn't explain, it's, it's like, it must be God. You know, so when they, saw, when they saw a plant sprout from a seed in the ground and grow into something, they said, it's not possible. I can't understand how it happens. It must be a God of fertility. Or when a woman had a baby, it's like, I don't know how that can be. It's just God. There's a God that caused us to have children. You know, everything was all about God because they didn't understand the way nature works. They didn't understand the way the universe works. They didn't understand anything. Now we have science. And so everybody says, well, that's, I can explain this. We don't need God. I can explain it. But the mystery is that it's always been God, and it always will be God. It's just the one true God, not all these various gods that are not gods at all, but they are just demonic idols that people have worshipped down throughout history. Amen. The other word that's used is, uh, is actually translated as secret. And it's an Aramaic word, Raz, Daniel 2. And what was going on, the king had this dream, and he was scared. He didn't understand it. He called all of his wise men together, and by the time they, he got them all together, he really couldn't remember the dream anymore. You, you ever had one of those dreams? You, you dream, and it's so vivid, and you're thinking about it, and then you wake up, and it's like, how'd that go? And you can't remember. You're all confused, and it never makes any sense when you're awake. Well, the king couldn't remember it. 
And he said, I want you guys to tell me what I dreamed. And they said, well, tell us your dream. We'll tell you. He said, I can't tell you. You've got to tell me what I dreamed and what it means. And they said, we can't do that. That's impossible. No one can do that. That would have to be revealed by God. And so he said, okay, I'm just going to kill you all then unless someone can tell me what my dream was. And someone, they started gathering them all up to kill them. And they gathered up Daniel. Daniel hadn't even been asked the question yet. He said, whoa, 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 king. Hey, give me a break here. Uh, you know, let, me, let me have just a little time and uh, God will reveal this to me. And so we're going to read this passage. It says, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And you read on down a little further. It says, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while you were on your bed about what would come to pass after this. And he who reveals secrets has made known to you what it will be. But as for me, think about this now. Listen to what Daniel said. But as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living. But for our sakes, who make known the interpretation of the king, and that you may know the thoughts of your heart. Daniel said all this, and then the king answered and said, Truly, your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. And Daniel freely acknowledged I didn't know this because I'm smart or because I'm wise. I only know it because God revealed it to me, because he is the revealer of secrets. It's a pretty, it's a pretty interesting situation. They were, there was a secret. God revealed it. And because God revealed it, lives were spared. Daniel was put in a position where he was like one of the highest people in the whole land. All kinds of things happen because God revealed some mysteries, some secrets. Secret things have been hidden from the ages past, but God has revealed them in Christ. We, we don't need to know it all, but we need to know Him. When we know Him, He begins to reveal all the miscellaneous things that are helpful for our journey. You know, there's uh, in the, a lot of military organizations and uh, even in corporations, you know, they make this statement, this is a need-to-know basis. Well, I want to know. Well, you don't need to know, so I'm not going to tell you. It's a need-to-know. Well, we all think we need to know, and there are some things that you do need to know, but God knows what you need even before you ask. And so on that need-to-know basis, God is going to give you everything you need to know. And if you don't know and you have a question, he says, ask. If you don't know, ask. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give it to you freely. That's one of the things that, that God says is that he wants to freely give us all things. And that would be knowledge and wisdom, grace, the ability to do things in his kingdom, the ability to understand mysteries and secrets, the ability to read his word 
and understand and comprehend what it means so that we're not just walking around confused and in darkness. He doesn't want us to be confused because he's not a God of confusion. He's a God of peace and order. He wants us to be walking in peace and order. And part of the reason that we can do that is because we are walking with the king in his kingdom and we know that it's safe when we're walking with him because he rules and reigns over everything. And we can have peace because if we know the, the future, we can have peace about it. If we don't know the future, we can still have peace about it because it doesn't matter because we're walking with the king and the prince of peace. He lives in our hearts. That's what he said, I'm going to give you peace. My peace, I'm going to give to you. I'm going to leave it with you. I'm not just going to give it to you temporarily, but it's going to abide with you. And it's not going to be like the world gives. The world's idea of peace is just when things are going good. When you're not experiencing some problem. The kind of peace that Jesus said he's going to give you is the peace that it doesn't matter. As Mitch likes to say, it's the peace that Jesus had when they were in the boat. And the waves were coming and the disciples said, we're we're drowning, we're going to die, we're all going to die, what are you going to do? And Jesus was asleep in the other end of the boat because he was filled with peace. That's the kind of peace he wants to give to us. The kind of peace that won't change or fail or go away when circumstances of life become difficult and unknown. It's all about knowing the Prince of Peace. When you know him and he lives in your heart, and you are aware of who he is. That's the mystery, folks. The mystery is that he wants us to know him. And he wants us to know him in all of his glory and greatness. He doesn't want us to just know him as someone who's far off in the heavenly places. He wants us to know him as someone who's right there with us. He's holding our hand. He's walking side by side with us. He is with you always. Amen. Worship team, y'all come back. I didn't make it very far today, sorry. I give, you, I give you an outline, and usually it's more than I can chew up and swallow good in one, one day, but uh, I'm, I want to leave this last thought with you. One of the last verses I have on this outline, and we may come back to it next week, but um, it's Psalms. Well, I'm going to read both of these. Psalms Proverbs 25, 2. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of the honor of kings is to search out a matter. So God, God doesn't reveal it just to the world at large, but he reveals it to the people that are seeking him. And, it's, and he actually calls us a kingdom of kings and priests. We are his people. We are kings and priests unto our God. And because of that, it is our honor to search out the things that are hidden and mysterious. I had a good friend who just passed away a few weeks ago, but he used to say, if life is a mystery, we ought to all be detectives. Mm. And that's true. We ought to be seeking the truth. We ought to be seeking to understand. Psalms 25, verse 14. The secret of the Lord is on those who fear him, those who hope in his mercy. And in this context, secret means council or like an assembly and you notice he also says uh, says he, he will uh, reveal his covenant to them so covenant and assembly are similar <coughs> thoughts because if you're in a, 
an assembly of people who have a secret counsel that's been revealed to them. You're in covenant with each other. I mean, that's part of what you do. Now, I don't believe in secret societies. I think that's contrary to God's plan. And I think you ought to be careful about being in a secret society. And, you know, there are some that they do all kinds of rituals and things, and it's, you know, really not of the Lord. But the concept of those who have something revealed to them that other people don't, and you are connected because of that, that's what we're talking about, is that we as the body of Christ have the mystery revealed to us, and that gives us this strong connection. We are in covenant with one another. We are connected with one another because we, we all understand the mystery of who Christ is. He is in us, the hope of glory. Him crucified, risen from the dead, now He rules and reigns, not only in the heavenly places, but in our hearts. Yes, thank you, Jesus. That's the mystery. We'll talk more about it next week. Let's stand and worship. We will not be shaken, nor will we be moved. You are our foundation, Jesus. We will cling to you. Though mountains may crumble to the ground, and waves are crashing in. Trying to drag us down Through the wind and the rain He has never changed He's still on the throne He's still on the throne shaken nor will we be moved you are our foundation Jesus we will cling to you though mountains may crumble to the ground and waves are crashing in Trying to drag us down Through the wind and the rain He has never changed He's still on the throne He's still on the throne Hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
through the wind and the rain. He has never changed, Lord Jesus, through the wind and the rain. You will never change, you're still on the throne, you're still on the throne. First Corinthians 2, verse 12 says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. I'm, I'm sensing that there are people today, right here, that are listening to what I'm saying, you have accepted something way less than God's best for you. God has freely given us all things, but we have said, well, I'm just going to accept that this is as good as it's going to get for me. This is the way I'm going to be. This is the way my life is going to go. This is the way my future is going to be. I'm never going to be any different. Can I just say that those are lies of the enemy? And I speak, I speak to you today and say that God wants to loose you from those lies, help you to break agreement with those lies so that you will not accept anything less than God's very best for you. And you may not, you may not see it all, but believe for it. Press for it. Expect God to do it. Yes, sir. And if you, you see it, yes. wonderful. If you don't see it, just keep expecting God's very best in your life. Don't live in the past. Don't live in projected failures and uh, doom and gloom and thinking that I'm always going to be the same way that I am right now. That's what gives me hope for the future is knowing that every day is a new day to yes. wake up and say, God's mercy is fresh and new. God's power is being poured out on me. Today yes. I can be different than I was yesterday. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. Believe what God says about you. He says, I love you. And I know the plans I have for you. They're good plans. They're plans that give you a hope and a future and expect it in. He knows everything about you. And he says, I have a good plan for your life. Thank you, Jesus. Would you receive that today? Yes, sir. Receive that today. If you'd like someone to pray with you, maybe you... Maybe you don't know how to pray to get set free from those kind of thoughts. We've got someone that will meet you at the altar and pray Jesus. with you. If you don't know Jesus, maybe you need to come and say, Lord, I don't know what he's talking about, but I want to know. Because I'm not satisfied. I'm broken and messed up, but I need you, Lord. Whatever your needs are, if you want special prayer, come. Someone will meet you and pray with you. And you can come right now while we sing this last song. Someone will pray with you. 
Believe God, be set free, be healed, be whole. Don't leave here without having your needs met. Yes, Just like the mysteries. you got to seek Him, though. He's not going to just dump it out on you if you don't ask. He wants us to come to Him and ask so that He can freely give us all things. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Just no. 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Thank you, Jesus. Go and be blessed. Hallelujah. Have a great week. If you'd like prayer, if somebody will pray with you. Otherwise, go and visit and have a great week. God bless you.